Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word from March 20th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus, and we've been going miracle by miracle by miracle, and uh, I still have a few more to go. This is part 48 of the overall series. I've been teaching this all year, and we got to this miracle where Jesus fed the 4,000, and the feeding of the 4,000 was not what the Holy Spirit wanted me to focus on. He really wanted me to focus on what happened after Jesus fed the 4,000. There was this run-in that Jesus had with his disciples, and he was frustrated with them, and we can learn some things from that. We've been, we've been flowing in this vein about spiritual perception, being able to see in the spirit, being able to believe what God believes about you. One of the things that I'll focus on today is that your legs will never take you where your soul has never been. As a believer, your spirit is talking to your soul. Your soul has to be able to see it and receive it and believe it. And once you're there, once you can see it, once it becomes real to you, then it's only a matter of time before you have in your hands, which you've already seen in your heart. So the title of today's message is the importance of seeing in the spirit. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. I see in the spirit. Say, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. You ready? Get ready to receive the word. All right. All right. So we're about to get started. Listen, let me just say this. I know uh, that there are people watching uh, that have children and it is important for you to be able to see in the spirit and believe what God believes about your children. You, you should be able to see them the way that God sees them. I know people that are watching that are married. And so you got to be able to see your marriage the way that God sees it and be able to see it in the spirit. Even when it doesn't match what you're seeing with these eyes, you have to believe that the unseen is going to be manifested in the scene. I know people that are watching that are business owners. You got to be able to believe what God believes about your business, about your career. I know people that are watching right now that are battling, uh, that are in faith for, for divine healing. You got to be able to see what God sees about your body. And, and even though you may have doctor's reports that are saying one thing, you got to be able to perceive what God is revealing to you about his perfect will for your life and then stand in faith that that thing is going to come to pass and manifest. If you can't see it, you can't have it. That's what we're talking about today. Before we get into the miracle, Psalms 126 and verse four, the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again, Father. I believe, we believe in our church, we're standing on this scripture for this year, that, that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. God will restore us to the former glory. Whatever we lost along the way, we're going to get it back. Put in the chat, say, I'm going to get it back. We're going get, to get it back, get that joy back, that spring in our step back, that worship back, that excitement back, that zeal and fervor and favor. Get all of that stuff back, Lord. Do it again. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Whatever is area, any area of your life that went dry, in this season, not only will it be wet, it's going to get drenched again. I'm talking about fresh fire, fresh wind, fresh anointing. Say, I receive it. I receive it. Fresh, fresh, fresh. All right. So let's get into the miracle. Once again, this is Mark chapter one, verses one through 21. There's so much in this. Uh, I, I wanted to move on from it, but the, the Lord keeps talking to me about it. But this is what the Bible says. We've been looking at, at this feeding uh, of the 4,000 in Mark uh, chapter eight. And after Jesus fed the 4,000 with seven loaves of bread, he had a run-in with, uh, 
the, the Pharisees, they wanted him to like do a miracle on demand. He says, I have nothing to prove to you. He gets onto the boat with his team. They take off. And as they launch off, it, it, it just dawned on the disciples that they only have one loaf of bread. Now, literally a few minutes ago, we just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread. And they get onto the boat and they realize that they only have one loaf of bread. Then they start having a conversation about who was supposed to bring the bread. And they were worried, concerned, because they thought they were not going to have enough to eat. Jesus said, why are you talking about having no bread? I mean, do you still not see? I'm talking about being able to see in the spirit. He was saying, do you still not see? They were looking at one loaf of bread. Obviously, he was not looking at that. He was living his life off of a different reality. Put it in the chat. Say, I live my life off of a different reality. I'm able to see in the spirit and I believe what God believes about me. They were looking at one loaf of bread. He was looking at a different realm. And so we're, we're living in two realms at the same time. He said, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see? Do you still, is it possible for you to still not understand? You've been with me all of this time. He says, do you have eyes and cannot see? Do you have ears and cannot hear. He says, remember what I did before when we didn't have enough bread. I divided five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people. And when we did that, how many baskets of food did we have left over? They said 12. He said, well, do you remember what we just did a few minutes ago when I took seven loaves of bread and we fed 4,000 people? How many loaves of bread were left over? <coughs> they said seven baskets. So he says, how is it that you can remember that, but you still don't understand? He was saying, you should have a certain level of spiritual perception by this point that you would not be concerning yourself with the fact that you only have one loaf of bread. You would not be concerning yourself with the things of the natural, the things of the seen, when I'm telling you that there's a whole nother realm that you should be focusing on. And so listen, what are you giving your attention to? Jesus often seemed like, he was in another world. You know why? Because he was in another world. In a way, he was saying, I am in this world, but I am not of this world. Put in the chat, I am not of this world. And because I'm in this world and I'm not of this world, because I give my orders from headquarters, I'm giving my marching orders from heaven on a daily basis. Heaven gives me insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. I'm able to get downloads from heaven. And these are things that I could not get with my natural eyes. These are things that it is revelation that is greater than education, right? It's insight and instinct. And so is that's greater than my intellect. And so I'm able to live not just as a mere human. Put in the chat, I am not a mere man. I'm not a mere man. Why? Because I was born again. The word born again, Greek word anothen, means born from above. I was born from above. And so, so I'm living my life. Colossians says, set my mind on the things that are above. I'm thinking about the things that are above. I'm setting my mind on the heaven setting. And so I'm not allowing myself to be moved by the things of this world. He was like, what is wrong with y'all? Can you, you have eyes you can't see, you have ears you can't hear. Do you still not understand? If, if Listen, he, he was frustrated. He was frustrated because he was generally not moved by the goings on of this world. Here's another thing that I love about people that are led by the Holy Ghost. If there was ever a sense of urgency with the disciples about something from this world, it's like Jesus actually rebuked them for it because he he did not allow the things of this world to drive his urgency or his sense of urgency. In other words, matter of fact, people, I know people like this. My my spiritual father, Pastor Tony Brazelton, is like this. So he's so in tune with the Holy Spirit 
that if we come to him with natural things, hey, hey, pastor, hey, we need you to make a decision. Hey, pastor, we need you to hurry up. Hey, pastor, has God talked to you yet? Hey, pastor, well, you need to do this. He's like, I'm not going to do it until God says, hey, hey, pastor, the, the, the world is saying, the county is saying, the legal system is saying, we need you to hurry up. I know people that like Jesus is like that. Like, listen, I'm not going to be forced by y'all. I'm not going to be pushed by y'all. I'm only going to do what God tells me to do. I'm only going to be led by the Holy Spirit. People that are led by the Holy Spirit, when the when the world tries to put pressure on them, it's almost like they slow down just to prove to you that I'm not moved by y'all. I'm not I'm not moved by the things of this world. I'm 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 singing my own song. I'm walking in accordance with my own beat. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit guide me in all things. And so when you're so in tune with God, it may seem like you're out of tune with the people down here in this world, and you have to be okay with that. Jesus was not moved. He was not moved. He was like, y'all talking about one loaf of bread. I can't even believe that y'all talking about this. I mean, do you not remember? I mean, what is wrong with y'all? In Friday's message, I said, Jesus was frustrated with his disciples because they did not discern what he was doing nor what he was capable of doing. He was being led by God's spirit while they were being led by the circumstances of this world. Listen, if you are, if you are led by the circumstances of this world, then you're not going to be led by God's spirit. If we were honest, the sad truth is that a lot of Christians today are more like the disciples who were stumbling and bumbling their way through life than Jesus in the text. The truth is, we a lot of us, we all are striving to become more like Jesus so that we cannot be moved by the things of this world, so that we're not freaking out. While the people down, oftentimes while the people were freaking out, Jesus was chilling out. <laughs> and so like, you cannot be moved by the things of this world. One time they came and they said, Jesus, the one you love, Lazarus, he's sick. Jesus stayed where he was for two more days because that's what the Holy Spirit said. And, and while he was gone, Lazarus died. And by the time Jesus showed up, Every Lazarus's body was thinking rigor mortis was setting in, but Jesus was still doing the will of the Father. He was not moved. And that now it did hurt him that Mary and Martha were crying and mourning and Jesus wept. But at the end of the day, while they were freaking out, Jesus was chilling out. When you when you are living your life led by the Holy Spirit, you're just not moved by the things of this world. At least you're not moved by the way that the people of this world are moved. Say amen to that. You got to be in this world but not of this world. All right, so what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning. Let me get into these three things. I believe these three things are gonna be a blessing to you. I want you to put this in the chat. Number one, put this in the chat. The unseen realm is the superior realm. I want you to know that the unseen realm is the superior realm. So I told you before that you and I, we're in two realms at the same time. We're living in two places at the same time. I'm in this world, but not of this world. So I'm walking around in this world, but there's another realm. There's the unseen realm. And the unseen realm is actually, the Bible teaches me, the superior realm. So living by faith means that you live your life based on a reality that you cannot see with your natural eyes. You cannot validate it with your natural senses. So there's this reality that, that, that God exposes to us, reveals to us, and to live by faith, we must believe that reality, even though we cannot validate it with our natural senses. We have no sense 
realm evidence to support it. We have no doctor's reports to support it. Matter of fact, we have doctor's reports against it. We have no financial statements to support it. Matter of fact, we have financial statements that go against it. You know what I'm saying? And so, but we have to be, we have to believe what God reveals and that's how we live by faith. Living by faith means that you are living on earth in sync with heaven. Put in the chat, say, I am in sync with heaven. The the way that God can manifest heaven on earth in my life, with my life, through my life, is because I am in sync with heaven, even though it may seem like I'm out of sync with this world. Just because you cannot see something with your natural eyes, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Actually, as a believer, you have to be able to see it and believe it like it's already there, like it's already done. Everything that you see in this world comes from a world that you cannot see. The writer of Hebrews helps us understand this. This is Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. The Bible says, faith helps us understand. Let me just pause right there and say, faith helps us understand. As a believer, living by faith, walking by faith, you'll be able to understand things in the spirit when you live by faith. Faith helps us understand that God created the whole world by his command. This means that the things we see, everything you see, were made by something that cannot be seen. Like everything that is manifested in the seen realm was actually created by something from the unseen realm. God saw it in his heart and then he spoke it and then it manifested and then he saw what he said, but he had to see it before he can say it. And then when God said it, let me say it this way. This is not in my notes, but I, but I want to share this with you quickly. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit outlined in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Three gifts of the Holy Spirit deal with the eyes of God. Say eyes of God. Once again, this is not in my notes. I'm going to just slide it in for free. Three gifts of the Holy Spirit deal with the eyes of God. Say the eyes of God. Three gifts of the Holy Spirit deal with the mouth of God. Say the mouth of God. And then three gifts of the Holy Spirit deal with the hand of God. Say the hand of God. And so there's the eyes of God, the mouth of God, the hand of God. Those are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The eyes of God precede the mouth of God. In in other words, you can't say what you don't see. So God will allow people to see so that they can know what to say. And so you have to see it before they say it, right? And so the eyes of God precede the mouth of God. And then the mouth of God precedes the hand of God. And so God says it before he manifests it. You got it? So you have to see it and then say it and then get it. And so God will allow you to see it before you say it. And then God will force you to say it or lead you to say it before you have it. And so the eyes of God precede the mouth of God, precede the hand of God, say amen to that. So that's how God moves. And so God, everything that is seen was created by the things that you cannot see. And so this applies to natural things as as well, like things in the practical world. Let's say, for example, you are looking at me on a screen, probably either a computer screen or a tablet or phone, some type of screen. Now that screen was, was, birthed in the heart or in the mind of someone well before it was manufactured in the factory, right? The technology, my voice is being carried by speakers. The technology behind those speakers were birthed in somebody's heart well before it actually became a reality, actually before it became into the visible realm, right? So our our spirits are receiving input from God's realm because he wants us to be able to see, perceive, believe, receive, understand well before these things will manifest in our lives. And so we have we have this unseen realm where God is speaking to us 
and he wants the unseen to manifest in the seen, but it's not going to happen until we believe. That's how we, we walk and live by faith. So our spirits have the ability to see beyond where our physical eyes can look. Our physical eyes are providing us input. And with these physical eyes, you actually don't see with these eyes, you see through them. Let me say that again. You actually don't see with these physical eyes, you see through them. So as you see through them, they are projecting something in your mind. And then your mind is able to see what these physical eyes are providing the input to, right? And so your mind is seeing things that are coming through these physical eyes. Well, guess what? Your spirit also is providing input to your soul and your soul. This is what we call the mind's eye. And so you are able to see things. You're getting input from the natural realm through these eyes, but then you're getting input from the spirit realm through the eyes of the spirit. And the eyes of the spirit are casting and painting a picture upon the canvas of your mind's eye. And so now in your mind's eye, you're able to see yourself. You go into your prayer closet and you see stuff. You go into your prayer closet and while you're praying, you see stuff. You see yourself operating on a realm that hasn't manifested itself yet in time. And so now you're seeing and, and, and God is painting a picture for you upon the canvas of your mind's eye. At the same time, by the way, the devil always tries to paint pictures for you too. He will paint a picture of failure while God is painting the picture of success, of purpose, so that you could be the man or woman that God called you to be. The apostle Paul said it this way. Listen, you got to understand that the things that you can see with these natural eyes, they're temporary. They're subject to change. But the things that you see in the spirit, they are eternal. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse 18, the Bible says, because we do not focus our attention on the seen, but the unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. That's the Passion Translation. Let me read that to you from the Amplified. It says, since we consider and look not to the things which are seen, but to the the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are visible, but they're temporary. They're brief. They are fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. And so there's this realm that is unseen and it has to be more real to you than the scene. So I've taught you before and I want to say it again. Hey, Pastor Archie, a friend of mine. Good to see you, my brother. Uh, this this is something I've said to you before. I want to re- uh, reemphasize. The opposite of faith is not doubt. If I stop somebody on the street, m- most people, hey, the opposite of faith is what? They're going to say doubt. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. The opposite of faith is natural sight. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, we walk by faith, not by natural sight. The disciples were living by natural sight. Jesus was living by faith. They used their natural sight to say, oh, snap, we only have one loaf of bread. What are we going to do? And Jesus was like, come on, man. How long do I have to be with you that be, until you start living by faith? If you're living by faith, you would not be moved by the fact that you only see one loaf of bread. Do you not remember what I did with the 5,000? How many baskets left over? Do you not remember what I did with the 4,000? How many baskets are left over? Come on, man. What are you focused on? If you're going to be focused on natural sight, then you're not living by faith. If you're living by faith, you cannot be moved by natural sight. Put in the chat, I will not be moved by what I see. I will only be moved by what God says. Say amen to that. All right, number two, Jesus paid too high of a price 
for you to live a life that you could live without him. Let me be clear about this. Jesus died on the cross so that the Holy Spirit could be restored to mankind, so that you and I would have the same Holy Spirit he had and the same Holy Spirit that Adam had when he was walking around in the garden. So Jesus paid the ultimate price for that, and he didn't die so that you can live a life that you could have lived without him. We're not called to live life based on earthly limitations. We're not called to live a, a life that is just mere human. Put in the chat once again, I am not a mere human. I am not a mere man. If you're born again, but you're going to live your life the, the way you could have lived it without being born again, then, then you are wasting. You are wasting what Jesus did for you, and you're wasting the grace. Jesus did not just die so that you can live the same way you live like, like you could without him and without the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus is too high of a cost. So let me say it this way. The cost of the cross must call you into the supernatural. The cost of the cross must call you into a realm that is forcing you to rely on God to live a life that far exceeds the limits of your humanity. Say amen to that. All right, last point for today, number three. In the kingdom of God, you must see it before you can have it. In the kingdom of God, you must see it before you can have it. In the kingdom of God, if you can't see it, you can't have it. All right, let me give you some scripture. Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look, as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west, I am giving you this land. As far as you can see, it will be land for you and your descendants as a permanent possession. He was saying, look, everything you can see, you can have. Now, if you can't see it, then you can't have it. But if you can see it, you can have it. In other words, the key to Abraham receiving the promised land was him seeing it. Even 400 years later, 400 years later in Deuteronomy chapter one and verse eight, the Lord basically comes to Moses and says, see, I have given you this land. He's like, this is land that I gave to your forefathers. This is land that I promised Abraham 400 years ago. This is, see, I'm giving you this land. Send 12 spies into the land so that they can see what I'm giving you. And 10 of the 12 spies put a no where God put a yes. And, they, and millions of people died in the wilderness because they failed to see what God was giving them. Listen, if you can't see it, you can't have it. If you can't see it, you will never be it. If you can't see it, then you, you are running the risk of missing out on God's best. When God speaks to you about the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world, you must mix what you are receiving with faith. Say, put this in the chat. Say, I walk and live by faith. So the grace of God is God does everything by grace. The faith of God is I respond by faith. Where there is no grace, there can be no faith. So let me explain. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So to release my faith, I have to know that God already gave it to me. It's not that I'm releasing my faith so that God can give it to me. It's that I'm not authorized to release my faith until I know what he already gave me from the foundations of the world. This is what happened with Abraham. He was saying, as far as you can see it, you can have it because I'm giving you this land. I, now, you have to provide the faith, but I am providing you the grace. As far as you can see, you can have. And so you can have whatever God reveals to you. He is revealing to you the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world. Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, we do not focus our attention on the scene. I'm focusing my attention 
on the unseen. Why? Because the unseen is eternal, is not subject to change, and the unseen is more real to me than the seen. Now, we're supposed to spend time, basically the Apostle Paul is teaching us, that we're supposed to spend time looking at things that our eyes cannot see. We're supposed to spend time meditating on a realm that I cannot validate with these natural senses. And that realm has to become more real to me than what I see with my natural eyes. So in other words, let me say it this way. Your you're only limited by your capacity to believe God, and your capacity to believe God either releases God to or restricts God from operating in your life. Your capacity to believe God either releases God to or restricts God from operating in your life. So if you can't see it, you can't have it, and, and you will frustrate the grace of God. Let me say, say it to you. I'm going to close the way that I started. Your legs will never take you where your soul has never been. Your legs will never take you where your soul has never been. In the kingdom of God, you have to see it first on the inside. In the kingdom of God, it has to become more real to you on the inside. In the kingdom of God, you have to be convinced and fully persuaded on the inside well before it happens on the outside. Now, once you're fully persuaded on the inside, it's only a matter of time before you have it on the outside. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I walk and live by faith, not by sight. I spend time peering into the unseen realm by faith. The unseen is more real to me than the seen. I believe what you believe about me. I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. And I am the person that you birthed me to be. I walk in my divine assignment daily. Nothing and no one can stop me because your grace is on me to be me. Therefore, no one can stop me from being me. I can see what you see about me. And since I can see it, it's only a matter of time before I be it. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. Tomorrow, we're going to have another word. Listen, if you don't get my notes, you should get my notes because you get them for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you too. I want you to have an amazing day. Go into this day. Do me a favor though, two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I like to read those comments. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Go into this day knowing that the unseen is more real to you than the scene. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want 
access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 